0: Checky, check, check, to the one, to the three. Oh, that's way better. Way better. Matter of fact, let's turn the game down on this a bit. There we go. Put, oh, oh. <clears throat> Good morning, children. It is morning. Captain is awake. The girlfriend is gone. I have my place to myself. Look at this audio quality. That's a hell of a lot better. If you ever buy, this is for bacon, if you ever buy the Blue Yeti mic, And you have yourself a Windows 7 operating system, which is what you should all have because Windows 10 is the bipolar girlfriend, either faking it or legitimately having it, of the Windows operating system world. Um, You're going to have to reinstall the Yeti once every four or five uses because then its uh, gain goes down. The gain goes down. Um, It's a Clary podcast, and we're doing it old school. I didn't want to do it on the internet. I didn't want to set it up. I uh, just wanted to record it so I could pause it, take a shit, take a piss if I wanted to. I should see if there's some coffee left over there. And uh, yeah, the old Capmeister is very, very tired. Capmeister had to move. Capmeister has not been getting a lot of sleep. Capmeister is really only operating at about maybe 60% right now. But it is Friday. So that means we have to do the Clary podcast. There's a ton of shit going on in the world. I oh, want forget that. Let's talk about why can't people be of service and do what other people want? That's a question the old Capmeister has right now. Why can't you do what you would presume? Would be nice, kind of, if you have a loved one, if you have a person you care about in your life, why would you not want to do what they want you to do? I'm not saying being a slave or doing something degrading, but is it is it so hard? Is it so complicated? I got a agent in the field, a billionaire's agent in the field, and uh, without going into too much detail because she wants me to keep her anonymous uh she has become married and then the uh, they're not even problems they're just like well these are these are well they're problems but they have obvious solutions well yeah just do x and apparently for other people to just do x that is a big huge problem you know that's like they, they just can't do x uh it would make the other person happy it's the logical right thing to do why don't you just go do X? Oh no, Jesus Christ! Because we're greedy, self-centered bastards. Oh, you're a fat, ugly fuck. You know you were hot when your husband married you or your wife married you. Now you're a fat, grotesque piece of shit. Nobody wants to sleep. This is predominantly for the women who get fat after they get married, and then they think, "You love me? I like. Why are you even here? What's the point?" And it's it's kind of sad because you all know the captain is all pro-humans. Humans are the only thing that really matters in this life. But my God, the vast majority of humans suck. <laughs> People always ask Cappy, how can you be a, a misanthropist? How can you hate humans but say humans are the most important thing? Well, because humans are the most important thing. But what is incredibly frustrating is how humans, the vast majority of them, like 99.9% of them, just fucking suck. They just fucking suck. That's my biggest problem in life. It's like, ah, humans are the most important thing. And I'm like, anyone want to go for a hike. Well, we can't all be like you, Clary. Oh, wait, you going to go do that six-mile hike up a thousand-foot mountain? <laughs> Who's the idiot there? Yeah, who is the idiot there? Yeah. I guess I should just stay at home and jerk off to porn and watch uh, movies and video games, huh? Sorry, Cappy, Cappy decided to take a day off. I took a day off. Probably take two days off, although this technically isn't taking a day off. But yesterday I took a day off, and I just watched Midnight Run. I still felt shame and guilt. Still felt shame and guilt because I wasn't doing anything, and it's like, I oh, know, I know, I need, I, I'm, I'm working on it, I'm working on it, like, I could, I could let myself go a little bit, I didn't necessarily have guilt, but immediately, I'm like, dude, all I did was watch a movie, dude, I just watched a movie I've already seen millions of times over, lying on the couch, doing nothing, Like, you need to do that area, you need to, yes, yes, I know, I know, but that's the gateway drug to being a normie and inferior. And then you people would. Well, he should like me for who I am. I, I pay for shit. You should fuck my dick. It's like uh, you're all fat and ugly. What? What? The lack of selflessness, the lack of service to others, is really starting to piss me off because that's all there is in life. It's like the uh, it's it's the greatest thing ever because. It's mutually beneficial. One, you ain't got anything else going on. Let's be honest. Do you have anything else going on? Do you really have anything else going on? Aside from the service and making the other people happy. You don't. And then when you make other people happy, well, they're happy. And and then if they're of the opposite uh, sex, then they want to fuck you. And then there's like great uh, uh, mixing of uh, naughty parts. If if you're working, hey, I want to work hard. I want to be part of the team. I'm like, yes, and I want to reward you with higher pay. No, everybody seems to, like, fucking shorten their part of the deal. Well, I'm married now, and, you know, wedding cake is the way to make you fat. I'm going to get fat now because it's over. Those fun times are over. Oh, my God, the number of nightmare stories I've heard from men saying where they married the gal, and he wanted to bang her on her the wedding night. She's like, well, that's over now. <laughs> you employers oh we're gonna do this we're gonna do that why are I like yeah are you gonna pay me oh no we're gonna we're gonna pay you shit we're gonna first we're gonna lowball you and then we're gonna wonder why our turnover is so damn low well okay i i I'm just wondering what would happen to society if we all put our best foot forward and try not to fuck each other over try not to cheat not try not to chintz you used to think it was chimp. They said, "No, that's that's a different thing. Like you chimp out, you go and you fight, you go crazy like a chimp." And now it's chintz, chintz. You uh, deliver only half of what you promise. What if everybody just gave it their all? You know. What if all you gals out there lost the fucking weight? What if all you men went out there lost your fucking weight? You hit the gym. What if you girls actually put forth? a great effort into, like, giving the guy, you know, you you vigorously pursued in the pursuit of a blowjob. You just swallowed it whole, took his balls in his shaft, and what if he actually just pursued that with reckless abandon? What if he gave him the best fuck in his life? Ah, no. I just lie here, eh? 25 pounds overweight. I I just, I just, eh? don't you want to have sex? No. No, the guys don't. Bitch, suck my dick. No, they don't want to suck your dick. Country needs to go on a nationwide diet. Country needs to go on a nationwide purging, fasting. The nation needs to really stop looking inward and start looking, start looking outward. I, I hate to sound so uh, socialist, democratic. It's uh Although, deep down inside, we know that the Democrats, the socialists, are not selfless. They are greedy. They are lazy. That's why they are. But I'm, I'm talking. I I know this is not typical Aaron Clary here. Typical Aaron Clary is kill all the motherfuckers and the 3% of us remain, get the bitches and whores. I think that's pretty I much. Mean, we ride motorcycles and shoot guns. That's the true Aaron Clary. But then there's this other piece of me where it's like, God Almighty, <laughs> It. The only thing I got is other people. And I look at all the other people, I'm like, God, you guys fucking suck. You guys fucking suck. People in my own life, people outside of my own life, people in general. I don't like going out. I really can't. I can't go out anymore. I really can't. Um, people just agitate me in general. And this is not. This is not... Oh, Aaron, you're just getting old and cranky in your old age. No, people are getting lower quality and less tolerable in terms of public behavior. All of you bringing your kids, you didn't raise right to the restaurants and bars and restaurants. And you just, the kids are making noise and you're making noise. Middle-aged, I was at W.A. Frost, W.A. Frost, I'll give you a perfect example. This is supposed to be a quiet place and it is a hall for me to go that far south. I look forward to going and working at W.A. Frost. And I got there, and sure enough, there was a loud, cackly baby boomer woman. That's the shit I'm talking about. That that would not have happened in the late uh, early 60s, late uh, 50s. That would not have happened. Even in the 70s and 80s, people had a decorum. They had a uh, uh, discipline about them. But now, you cannot go to a place without being... Assaulted by an unacceptable and you people you just go loosen no 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 loosening up telling me to accept this unacceptable behavior of other peoples is is part of the brainwashing. It's part of how we become a third world nation where we're just shitting in the streets like Turkadestan or any one of the number of sub-Saharan African countries. That's that's how it starts. And I'm not wrong, I'm not wrong. I mean, I can, I can, we could can talk about the misbehaving children, the misbehaving adults, but let's just look at fashion. Where was I? I was looking at a picture one time. Maybe it was at W.A. Frost. There was a picture, and it was downtown St. Paul, and everybody was dressed in suits and ties and dresses. They were out in public. Now it's just a bunch of fat people with tattoos and piercings, and they're ugly and disgusting, repulsive. I'm not saying everybody has to be a model, but I'm sick and t- I'm really sick and tired of looking at fat people. I'm really sick and tired of seeing ugly people that rape my eyes. I'm sick and tired of seeing shit, just like shitty architecture, just like those 70s buildings, just like uh, the 70s cars, 70s fashion, it rapes your eyes. Now we have 20 teens people. So it'll be the 2020s. It'll be the 2020s people. say, like, well, They're physically revolting and disgusting looking. Beauty is on the inside. Well, let's bring that out on the outside. Why don't you cover yourself with a moo-moo? Why don't you make us so I don't have to see your ugly fucking face? Why, why do I have to have my eyes assaulted with ugly, disgusting people? <sighs> Sorry, Cappy's just waking up. Cappy's very angry. Cappy's a little lucid, delusional. Lucid means precise. Cappy's waking up. Hang on. Let's see if there's coffee. Hang on. All right. There's no coffee. Damn it. All right. Do you want to do sponsors? I don't know. Let's do sponsors. Look at all these articles I have in front of me. I have over 10 articles where it's just stupidity. Shit that I don't have to see in the room. And it didn't happen. This I know, oh, Aaron, there were people in the past. This happened before. They were crazy as No, they weren't. No, they really weren't. With unlimited money and unlimited printing presses and socialism, you've all become a bunch of fucking morons. Bunch of misbehaving miscreants is the word I was looking for. All right. Um, RDK Legal, rdklegal.com. Check out Russell. Visit before or after you get married because you're going to get divorced. Some guy was telling me he's like, "Hey, you know that divorce rate? You know, one in two marriages end in divorce. You know, that was a statistical anomaly from the 1970s." And you know what? He he might have been actually right. He says only one in a uh, one in three. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. What I've seen is like six in ten, seven in ten get divorced. <laughs> Hang on, let's look that up. The percent of marriages that end in divorce. I. I And in divorce. 50%. All right. This is APA. However, about 40, 50% of Americans divorce. Uh, do half of all marriages end in divorce? Truth isn't straightforward. The average couple getting married today has more like a 75% chance of staying married that means only one in four marriages recent marriages are likely to end in divorce i bet you what the guys talking about is nowadays people just cohabitate because why the fuck would you get married <laughs> talk about a holdover talk about a horrific holdover from the baby boomer generation Uh, Second, the likelihood of divorce isn't the same for all couples. For some, the chance of divorce is very slim, while for others, the chance of divorce is actually greater than 50%. For example, higher order marriages have a higher divorce rate than we we once attributed to all marriages. In other words, if you are entering into a second or third marriage, ah, you face approximately a 75% chance of getting divorced, meaning you are the problem. They didn't say that, I just said that. It's it's like herpes. Hey, you only got one in four chances of getting herpes. Anyway, go visit rdklegal.com. Visit Russell. Talk to him. If you're about to get divorced, uh, divorced in Illinois <sighs> or uh, you're about to get married in Illinois, give him a call. Financial Longevity. Your Guide to Securing Your Fi- Family's Financial Future by Deuterius Owens. Check that out. VivaLemanosphere.com. That's the... What is it? Um, what's the website? Drudge Report. Drudge Report of the men's Mensadvocate.net. The. The. Mensadvocate.net. Sanity is the future of wealth. You can get that by donating to my Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Aaron Clary. If you uh, donate to that, then you get access to Sanity is the future of wealth. It's the first thing I've ever put behind a paywall, and that was really more of uh, an experiment. It's a really great article you should read. The Pence Principle by Randall Bentwick. That's basically how not to get falsely accused of rape and lose your life and your career and your college profession by a lying. Whore who claimed that you raped her and you never even saw her. Orion's Coldfire.com. Go visit Orion's Coldfire.com. Autistic Guy's Guide to Security. You can find that on Amazon dot com and the hyphen quintessentialist go visit the hyphen quintessentialist dot dot com I wonder if he did I wonder if he did the review for uh, Endgame uh, he wrote a book instead He read a book. Darn it. He didn't review Endgame. All right. I still haven't seen Endgame yet. I might go see it because I'm bored. Academiccomposition.com. You guys know the routine. And MNGoldbuyer.com. MN, the abbreviation for Minnesota. MNGoldbuyer.com. Check it out. All right, that's it. Let's get to the articles San Francisco residents use parking spots as makeshift offices report. San Francisco real estate has gotten so expensive, some people are now paying two twenty-five dollars an hour to occupy a parking spot in order to set up makeshift offices to work remotely. <laughs> if you're working remotely, what are you doing in the world's most defecated city? Why are you in a major metro? If I was working remotely I would be living in a cheap place like South Dakota but you guys have to be there is that where all the excitement is and vehicle material on the streets? Victor Pontus began what he calls the we park movement as a way to reimagine how to use parking spaces he traded in his usual workspaces of apartments libraries and cafes for city streets his temporary office cost him 225 an hour required by the city's parking meters so you just park. And pay the meter this is a entrepreneurial uh, insight. this is an uh, entrepreneurial achievement. I posted about it on Twitter and it quickly became a thing that other people wanted to get involved with what paying parking meters Pont is told k n t v even though there are cars going by it's prime real estate in the city. On April 25th, nearly 30 people joined Ponis to work near City Hall. It's just so crazy to think the way we use our streets is not reflective of that, and so those parking spaces are just dirt cheap compared to all the other real estate in San Francisco. We Park visitor Gene Walsh told Business Insider, the median price for homes in San Francisco is $1.3 million, and the median rent is 3300 according to Zillow. The city's housing stock is among the priciest in the nation. The We Park concept has spread to other cities as far away as France. How is this concept spread? Like, hey, I got to park here, and it's cheaper here than sitting in a coffee store and paying for parking at the same time. Why don't you just move to New Mexico? A lot of Internet access there, and it's pretty darn cheap. And you can work remote. The Wii Park concept has spread to other cities as far away as France, according to the news station. Entrepreneur Valentin Carpentry, 21 set up his own workspace in Toulouse, a city south uh, in southern France, after finding out about the Wii Park on Twitter. Office spaces are expensive, and here in France, if your company is less than one year old, no one wants to rent you anything even with warranties de carpriente told bbc but that's not the real problem because working remotely is a perfect alternative <laughs> the other real problem is the cities that just don't do anything to reduce the polluting cars activity <laughs> oh baby boomer bosses fucking over millennial employers employees sorry you could all just work from home that would solve that every morning the old captain looks at uh not the weather he looks at the uh he looks at the the traffic and he sees red and maroon and black sometimes and he's like oh all those good minnesotan scandinavian liberal leftist companies and employers who are just they just can't bend over quick enough to spread their ass cheeks for social justice warriors and adversities and virtue signaling but you all still insist unnecessarily, I might add, by the way, that your employees come and work and commute and pollute the environment and cause traffic jams. You could, you baby boomers, and you Gen X are executives now, by the way, because now you're starting to get into positions of power. You could just have people work from home. You could, but you choose not to. Because you really don't give a damn about the environment, you don't give a damn about your employees, you don't give a damn about pollution, you don't give a damn about society. You want control and power and you want to be able to see whether or not your employee is actually working or not. Because Lord Almighty knows you can figure that out, whether or not they deliver the work or not. Alright, that's news. Aaron, you're way off. Yeah, I am. I am I am not in a good mood, and I am tired, and I'm beat. We already talked about that. We already talked about that. We already talked about Rebecca Twig. The homeless chick in Seattle. Oh, here. Let's do this one. Hang on. I'm going to go pause this. All right, this is a couple weeks old, but I wanted to read through it and then do another article. There's a picture of, I can't tell if it's a guy or a girl, it truly is Pat. I think it's a woman. Um, And we don't have to read the article. And this is what's really sad about you, leftists, is that you are perfectly predictable because you are conformists. You are stereotypes. You wear your thick-rimmed glasses. You give visual your virtue signaling i think you can't even say virtue signaling your general signaling the way you dress the way you fashion the way you conform tells not only other leftists that hey i'm down with you bro but it tells the rest of us who actually work for a living and support ourselves and aren't parasites like oh everything that's associated with an sexually amorphous individual with thick rimmed glasses is a rachel maddow you're lazy you're pathetic, you're a parasite, you've had no desire to work for, I mean, everything that I've talked about many years on this uh, show. Um, and we can just, if you don't want to read, you don't have to, but you could just look at Lyra McKee, This is from CNN, and everything you need to know about this girl, it turns out to be female, it is a female, uh, is, is what you're going to assume. Um, she's not pretty, she's not intelligent, she is a conformist, and you know a picture is worth a thousand words. And you don't really here. Here's what's sad is this article that was written about her. This is her epitaph. Is that it? Is this? This is her uh, tombstone. This is all that's ever going to be written about her. And this is what happens when you pursue the path, so the path of laziness. Virtue signaling, activism, and 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 under the guise, under the lie that you're a journalist. She was 29. She unfortunately will not make it to 30. I do mean that. I don't wish people death. I don't want people to die except teachers. Because <laughs> uh, they're Nazi concentration camp prison guards as far as I'm concerned. But it, here, let's just read through it. Lyra McKee. The young investigative journalist, let's stop here. She is not an investigative journalist. Journalists seek truth. As we read through this, but as you guys, if you bother to look her up physically, visually, you're going to know this person was not a journalist like T.J. Martinell. T.J. Martinell is about the only real journalist that I know. I'm not doing that to kiss his ass. Uh, I'm being because he's earned that. T.J. Martinell is actually a journalist. There are very few journalists. T.J. probably knows some other handful of journalists who actually go and do the research and the investigation. This is a child. This is a lazy, parasitic slop. Uh, Dad probably not around. Uh, And and she majored in journalism because she's an activist and she was going to change the world. And if you are a real journalist, you realize your goal is not to change the world. Your goal is to report the truth. But we're going to find out where her activism got her. But let's stop right here, MSN, which isn't real journalism either. Uh, they're just mourning the loss of one of their own activists. She is not an investigative journalist. She was an activist. And an activist is is worse than, I'd say, a panhandler. You yeah. know, I mean, unless you're really a... Pre- I mean, the only activists I'll give credit to are the ones in Venezuela. Okay, you guys, yeah. You're obviously going against tyranny. What is a privileged white woman uh, in the first world going to activist against? Oh, I know the patriarchy and all that, but I'm just starting right here. Lyra McKee, the young investigative journalist. She is not a journalist. She was an activist. So let's start with me actually being a journalist and reporting the truth. This was not a journalist. This was just a child. Who's going to change the world investigative journalist killed thursday during violence in northern ireland had been widely reviewed as a rising star within the industry i looked her up and she was on the twitter i know twitter is not the only metric to measure this but i have more twitter followers than she does and if you do not have more twitter followers than me then you're not a journalist (laughs) because i am the bottom of the barrel I view myself, not even trying to be a journalist, not even trying to be a writer, not even trying to be an author. I'm just this dope on the internet with some internet followings. And if you have the mainstream media behind you, that massive machinery of media, and you have less Twitter followers than me, then you, I hate to say it, you actually are insignificant. I view myself as insignificant. Aaron, don't you change lives? Why would you do it? No, no, we do change lives, and I do it. I write, and I do what I do because I believe. I make money on it, too, uh, enough. But I'm not changing the world. I don't have that delusion. People are too stupid to listen to me, to have the world change. The world's going to be what it's going to be. But she is not a rising star. She was never a rising star. This was a nobody. Me right now, the most, the most media attention Lyra McKee, post-mortem unfortunately, is receiving is me mocking and ridiculing her and using her as an example to maybe save some of you youngins out there from going down this same path to, to make a determination. Do I want to become a T.J. Martinell and actually be a journalist? Or do I want to become an activist and unfortunately go protest because I have an agenda and I died in Northern Ireland? McKee's reporting and writing inextricably linked to the tense and volatile period of history in which she grew up. What? What? Yeah, the 90s were really horrible, man. <laughs> it led to international recognition and a high-profile book deal. What's international recognition? Somebody liked her tweet from Morocco? Hat tip to my buddy Kareem and Anas. I like those guys over in Morocco. <clears throat> my good buddies over there. I gotta meet those guys. I gotta go and visit those guys. Or if they ever come here, Anas, uh, Kareem, if you ever come here, let me know. We I'll, I'll take care of you. You guys got a place to stay. I don't know if you want to stay in Minnesota, but we'd 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 find you a better place to stay. Don't don't come to Minnesota. Quote, ah, here's the word, here's the word, McKee's passion is to dig into topics that others don't care about. Forbes Forbes magazine wrote in 2016. Naming the journalist is one of the 30 under 30 talents to watch in the media. That 30 under 30, 40 under 40, if you're in that list, it's almost a damnation. You're going to be a miserable failure in life. They do that in the Twins. Oh, Minneapolis is top 30 under 30, top 40 under 40. It's like, no, you put him in that article because you wanted to fuck her, and that guy has a lot of his dad's money, and they all end up failing anyway. Laura Hassan. Editorial director at Faber and Faber said McKee had a knack of engaging the head and the heart when announcing the publisher's two-book deal with the writer. I think Lyra McKee has a longer, prestigious writing career ahead of her, Hassan added at the time. McKee, who was 29, dedicated herself at journalism. Aged, what age do you think she dedicated herself at journalism? At the age of 14. Because 14-year-old children should... Really ruled the world. starting a newspaper while still at school in Belfast. Oh, she was one of those people. One of those uh, sanctimonious, uh, self-important morons. Her work as an investigative reporter explored the aftermath of The Troubles, a decade-long conflict between Irish nationalists and the British Unionists in Northern Ireland that left more than 3,500 people dead. Like, in the 70s, and the 60s? I think Ireland and the Brits have kind of got their act together. I think they're kind of peaceful now. I remember that in the 70s and the 80s. There was the Irish Nationalists. There was, you know, Northern Ireland. I remember that. This girl wasn't alive then. The turbulent period was brought to an end by the Good Friday Agreement of 1998, a turning point intended to end years of bloodletting in the region, signed when McKee was eight years old. Right. So what? (laughs) Play with your fucking dolls. But Oh, Aaron, that's so sexy. Yep, yep it, is. yep, it is. But tensions persisted and have on occasion risen to the surface in years since. No, it's a bunch of, like, spoiled little brat Irish and British kids of this gal's age that want to go and protest and be self-important. We were the Good Friday Agreement generation spared from the horrors of war, McKee wrote in a piece published in The Atlantic. Ah, that publication in 2016. But still, the after effects of those horrors seem to follow us. No, no. You just were an emo kid. Watched too much pump up the volume or turn up the volume. Horrible Christian Slater movie, by the way. On Good Friday, McKee's friends and former colleagues woke to the news that she had been killed. Her death is a major loss to journalism. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> Number one, she was never part of the journalism industry. She was not a journalist. Number two, the journalism industry is a laughable joke right now. You are Marxist you are propagandists, You, there is very few actual journalists. You guys are simply an arm of every left-leaning political party of every First World Nation and left uh, Second World Nation. That's all you are. There's no journalism anymore. You're a laughable joke. Um, the National Union of Journalists said in a statement, You'll have found your calling. McGee received global acclaim. Really? What is that? Bob over in, in, uh, in uh, Slovenia liked her post? Is that global acclaim? I want to see a link to global acclaim for writing her 2014. when she When a letter she addressed to her younger self went viral. Oh, God. The self-inflection and the self-importance discussing her experience growing up gay and closeted at school. Of course, you're gay, right? Okay. Mickey wrote, life is so hard right now. Every day you wake up warning who else will find out your secret and hate you. Dude, being gay has been popular since the 90s. The Simpsons mocked it and ridiculed it. You're You're perfectly fine being gay. Nobody is going to hate you. Again, my best friend is gay. Aaron, just because you have a best friend. Yeah, actually, that does make me not anti-gay. And me having one single black friend actually does make me not racist. Because if I was a racist, then by definition, I would not be friends with a black individual. And by the way, I have more than one black friend. I have like three or four, maybe even five black friends. Actually, probably way more than that. Now that I think about it. Now all my black buddies are like, hey, wait, am I in that? Yes, yes, guys, you are? Yeah, I'm I'm mocking I'm mocking the pathetic white left right now. You're all my buddies. Don't worry about the race shit. Uh so yeah, no, no one cares that in 2014, in 2014, shut up. Just shut up. Well she's dead now. No one no one cares that you're gay. It's gonna be okay, she added. In the same letter Later made into a short film, McGee described her passion for writing that blossomed at an early age and gained her a role in a training scheme for journalists at the age of 15. (laughs) Dude, it's not that hard to be a journalist. You don't need training. You don't need to go to school. You have to have integrity and a pursuit for the truth. That's if you want to be a journalist. Sadly, me and my half-assed or half-acidly... Pursuit of writing. I'm a better journalist than most journalists. Quote from journalism school. Are because I don't have an agenda. I really don't. People say, "Oh, you're just biased right wing." Like now, the world made me that way. The world would too if you just like let go of your bias. Training scheme, propaganda, brainwashing scheme. For the first time in your life, you will feel like you're good at something useful she wrote you have found your calling no you've just avoided real work you'll meet amazing people and when the bad times come again for your information your first girlfriend is not the one and you will screw up at that history exam it will be journalism that helps you so (laughs) sure it will be journalism oh fuck you you journalists are worthless pieces of shit. Oh, my God. I mean, I did a video. Like, Somebody asked me, what, what degree do I hate the most? And it was journalism because it's this self-masturbating, propagandizing. We're so great. We're saying, no, you're not. You're just a bunch of worthless, no-good fucks. It will be journalism that helps you soldier on. You know what helps you soldiering on? Being a soldier. And even I wasn't a soldier and I rue. I truly rue that. But you hiking up a goddamn mountain with an 80-pound pack of shit, carrying a machine gun, that that would help you. That's soldiering on. Don't you dare mix soldier with journalism. You worthless, no-good fucks. McGee went on to write for publications including Belfast, Telegraph, BuzzFeed. Oh, that's that's good. Mosaic Science and Private Eye. Hang on. Let's look up Mosaic Science. Let's see how how prestigious that, uh, that uh, publication is. We'll look up its Alexa rating. How an aboriginal approach to mental health is helping farmers deal with the drought. Nobody cares. All right. Let's plug it in here. Oh, Cappy Cap's got a pretty good, uh, pretty good Alexa rating. I don't want to subscribe. I just want to plug it in. God damn it. It's not allowing me to look it up. Let's do Google Rank. Pa 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 Is six? Is it the hang on? <clears throat> Bear with me, guys. I think my blog is higher ranked than this Google page rank. If it um, got a six point three Wikipedia, all right, here we go. I want to see if it honest to God, they just can't. I just want to know what a one and a ten means. Like, is one good or is ten good? Page rank is a calculation. handful of importance of authority a scale of zero to ten. Top sites set the bar, so to speak, and at the ten point scale plummets. And the ten points of page rank five websites have a good number of inbound links. Page rank four and three have a fair amount. Brand new websites without any in links. Point to them started at a page rate of zero. All right, so this website with money and is professional and blah, blah, blah is slightly higher rated than my blog. <laughs> Mosaic science. I'm sorry we had to take that detour. I just, had to, I just had to look it up. Frequently exploring the legacy of the troubles amongst her own generation. Your generation wasn't there. None of you guys died. None of you fought. None of you did anything. You're all a bunch of emo kids that want to feel bad for yourselves and jerk off to your own existence, and so you associated with some kind of tragedy in human life? There's would be like me, you know, ah, we run the joke here, old Capmeister courted you. That would be as insulting as me saying, I have suffered the, uh, What was the Nazi thing they did? What the fuck was that? (laughs) John Steele would know. The the Holocaust. That'd be like me claiming, oh, my God, oh, man, I so suffered from the Holocaust. No, I wasn't there. I'm tangentially related to the Jewish people. Never sat foot in a synagogue. But if I was a lazy, no-good, worthless fuck, and I wanted to get me's attentions... Then I say, oh man, I totally suffered and I'm gonna protest against the Nazis, man. Because of the Holocaust of 60, 70 years ago. But you know, that's what journalism measures do. She became an editor at Metagazer. Oh, is this even is this even a company anymore? Let's look at this company. Metagazer. Oh, Russians are attacking. <laughs> Metagazer. <laughs> oh look at this shitty site. <laughs> Let's go to the Twitter. How many people they got? They got fifty-two thousand followers. That's not bad. Oh my god. Metagazer. Oh god, what a site. Media Gazer. I'm sorry. A US based site that collects. Collated media news reports. Police have named Lira as the victim, making this the hardest and saddest headline we've ever written, wrote Gabby Rivera of the site Friday morning. Let's go look up Gabby Rivera because I totally want to... That's Gabrielle. Gabe. Gabe Rivera is... That's a football player. Gabe Rivera. Ah, hang on. Let's look her up. Oh, he is, here he is. Media Gazer. Often sarcastic. You suck, but so do I. DRMs are open. Blah, blah, blah. He's in New York City. He's a nobody. He does have more followers than me. Good for him, though. Oh. McGee crowdfunded her first book, Angels with Blue Faces, an exploration of the 1981 murder of Belfast politician, Reverend Robert Bradford, by the Provincial Irish Republican Army. <laughs> That's a title. That brought it to the attention of large publishers, and in 2018, McGee was signed with two books by Faber and Faber. Who's Faber and Faber? I've never heard of them. It's, it's basically journalism. Limited United Kingdom, 1929, Penguin. Oh, it's a real legit thing. It's basically this dying industry masturbating themselves. Uh... The first of those work, The Lost Boys, was due to be published in 2020. It is set to document the stories of eight boys who went missing in Belfast during The Troubles. Shortly before her death, McGee tweeted, Derry tonight, absolute madness, alongside an image of police vehicles and rising smoke in the distance. McGee was described as a journalist of courage, style, and integrity by Seamus Dooley, the assistant general secretary of the National Union of Journalists, to which the writer belonged. Let's look up Seamus Dooley. They're not my people, by the way. I found out I'm Scandinavian. Well, he's a nobody. He's got less followers than me. Found out my people are Scandinavian Spanish. The Scandinavians just happened to rape and pillage all the people in Ireland. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. She was a woman of great commitment and passion. No, she wasn't. No, she was She was a lazy, no-good fuck. There. I have no doubt that it was that commitment which led to her presence in the street of the Cregan last night observing a riot situation in the city. Duly added, she had just tweeted minutes before being hit by a bullet. Boys and girls, because girls are more prone to go and protest. uh, You don't bother with protests. You don't bother with riots. Uh, That shit show down at charlotte was it uh unfortunately a woman died she's not on our team she was a leftist she was a marxist i don't care a woman should be able to protest and not be run over by a car she everybody should be able to say what they want and let those idiots go do it where there's groups of people that are antagonistic towards one another uh and then you guys can kill each other and go to jail get hurt yourself uh there's no reason Protesting is for morons. For once that, you could say the pen is mightier than the sword, but it really is the internet is mightier than all other things. Stefan Molyneux, I, I got a kick out of how he was all upset that he got uh, his speech got canceled at some British Columbia place or another. It's like, what do you care, Stefan? <laughs> you reach hundreds of thousands of people via the internet. Without people having to inconvenience themselves with the taxation of gas, transportation, food, flying in if it's too far away, Uh, gas. Hey, here's the internet. Here's my ideas. It's on the internet. You are a moron for protesting. You are a moron. Protesting is for low IQ idiot morons. Right or left. And this uh, girl, unfortunately, has passed away because she got in the way of a bullet because that's what happens at protests. And there was another young gal who got ran over by a car over at the thing. Again, a leftist. Aaron, isn't it great the leftist dies? Yes and no. I would like people to be able to speak their mind. I'm just pointing out to you, you youngins, you're going to go change the world. She was an activist. She was not a journalist. And she unfortunately suffered the statistically small but real chance that activists would die fighting for their cause. And she did. You can make her a martyr, but I'd say she's just another young, spoiled little Kwanta Ha ha ha. A young, vibrant life has been destroyed in a senseless act of violence, added the NUJ's General Secretary, Michelle Stainstreet. Our thoughts are with her partner, family, and many friends and colleagues. A bright light has been quenched, and that plagues us all in this darkness. Lily Dansinger, who edited a piece by McGee, for narratively said she was dedicated to covering the lasting trauma and violence of The Troubles devastating to hear she was killed tonight by that same violence no it, it's poetic justice that's what it is you you wanted it sweetheart you wanted to, oh i'm gonna be down with the cause you got down with the cause you did get down with the cause you are an activist you are a provocateur you got in the line you didn't report you are not a journalist Next month, McGee had been due to speak at an event to mark World Press Freedom Day hosted by Amnesty International about the murder of... You know all those gay people that... I, mean, I don't mean homosexual, I mean pathetic people. That's the word of uh, what I mean by gay. Uh, that had the Amnesty AI stickers in there. Like, yeah, with the They're like, shut up. About the murder of journalist Marie Colvin... Technology journalist and friend of McGee, Matthew Hughes, described her death as heartbreaking on Twitter. She was one of my closest friends. She was uh, my mentor. Uh, You got a mentor like that, you need better mentors. You should try visiting me over at assholeconsulting.com. She was my groom's woman at my wedding, he wrote. I can't imagine life without her, and yet now I must. I'm devastated. Uh, Mary Colvin. How much you want to bet this gal who died, unfortunately? Foreign Affairs Correspondent, Sunday Times. She died while covering the siege of Homs in Syria. All right, I'll give her some credit. War Correspondent, Iraq. That gal's way better. Dude, don't even, don't even, she's dead now. Don't even compare yourself to Marie Colvin. Do not. This gal's kind of interesting. Um, I mean, she's your baby boomer. You know, I'm going to go save the world. She's an anthropo- anthropology major. Right. Okay. War cor- correspondent, Sri Lankan Civil War. This gal's kind of cool. Lost an eye. I'll give her the time. of day- I'd have a beer with Mary Colvin. Yeah, but Lyra, you're dead now. You're not up in heaven here. You're non-existing. Uh, you're, You're no Mary Colvin. You're not even close. All right, so that's one. Let's go to the next one from People Magazine. Uh, from people, which is not exactly known for its great journalistic integrity, but there is no journalism anymore. There's just leftists who are activists. Fordham Sr. falls to her death from university clock tower weeks before graduation. And here she is, she's a hottie, she's cute. Only oh, Tina. Sydney Montfries, twenty two, was studying journalism. Imagine that. Apparently you don't teach gravity at journalism school. If Fordham University was expecting to get her bachelor's degree in May, Fordham University senior died on Sunday, officials said, after accidentally falling from the campus's landmark bell tower where she was said to have been trying to snap photos of the New York City skyline under the moonlight. How much you want to bet she was just taking selfies? Sydney Page Monfries, 22, was participating in an early morning climb to the top of the Keating Clock Tower on Fordham Rose Hill Campus in the Bronx, when she reportedly fell nearly 40 feet through an opening in the 83-year-old Gothic structure's first landing, the New York Post reported. Though the trek to the top of the clock tower is forbidden, it's become a rite of passage for outgoing students to sneak into the off-limits property at night, according to the New School's newspaper, the Fordham Ram. Well, actually. Those provide a little bit of value now to doing that because, oh, didn't you hear? The a major died in 2019. The thrill of danger is definitely a huge allure to going up, one student told the outlet of the building, which the paper says is usually locked. I would say the other two reasons for going up there are the amazing view of the entire campus from up there and the ability to brag about doing it. No, vanity didn't play a role in this at all. Monfries reportedly made it up to the top of the tower, Viewing videos she posted from her Snapchat account with the caption bell tower. Other clips on her Snapchat reportedly showed Monfrey's friends stumbling through the darkness using their phones as flashlights to see before sitting on the tower's perch. Emergency responders saw Monfrey's unconscious inside the tower at about 3.17 a.m. local time with a low pulse and trauma to her head, although there was no damage done to it because she did not have a brain. I'm sorry, I just added that. The post reported... She was transported to St. Barnabas Hospital, where she later died that day. CBS News Report. Administrators from the University of Private mass. Directing students to grief counseling resources. Anything to employ those worthless psychology majors, huh? That started coming in, in the 90s. Where I was like, we just can't rush psychologists enough into here. Hey, right, here, we got a reason for you. I hated her and I was sucking her boyfriend's dick, but I really miss her. I need to be confronted. Formed and con—what's the word I'm looking for? Consulted? No, comforted. Thank you. Com- comforted. Private mass was held on campus Sunday evening for friends and faculty. It's too bad she was cute, but she didn't need no man, fish, bicycle. We can delete that. Uh... Take this. I got killed in another 45 minutes. From the Telegraph, which is not real news. This is fake news, but it's uh, factually stated. I married myself and it was truly empowering. (laughs) I'm going to pay $1,000 to somebody who can describe to me what empowering means. Empowering to do what? Were you not empowered before? You couldn't do what men had you? Were you a slave? Because that's, that's the only way I could see it. It's like you were a slave and you were liberated. Now you are empowered to do what you want. But last I checked, and I had teachers reminding me, again, teachers that need to be hunted down and shot. I was reminded regularly by my female teachers that women were empowered back in the 80s, early 80s. So what? you weren't empowered you were prohibited from doing things. What are you empowered to do now? <laughs> what are you liberated from? Who are the tyrants and the totalitarians that kept you from doing things? I'm very libertarian. If there's anybody keeping slaves, I want to go kill those tyrants. Whether, whether you are female or not, or I don't care. Let's, I, I am all for freedom. What were you enslaved to? What are you empowered to do now that you weren't previously before? Or is this just standard female masturbation and you wonder why men don't take you seriously? I I am really, I won't lie to you guys. My voting philosophy is one of meritocracy. My voting philosophy would be more along the lines of the old school, where like you had to own property, you had to pay taxes. Uh, now, back in the day, you had to be a man and a white guy on top of it. And I'm not for that. Uh, I am all for meritocracy. And I still, deep down inside, you know, if, if you ask if a captain ever became president, I'd have to, you know, my bullshit aside, I'd have to really sit and think like, yes, people should be able to vote as long as you're paying taxes. You don't pay tax, you collect a government check, you don't get the right to vote. That's how I would do it because I am, you know, honest, I'd like to think. But by God, you women make a really damn good case every fucking day to take away your voting rights. <laughs> you just... And I know there's some damn good gals out there, but my God, you women prove, you really make it hard to stand up for women's rights to vote. You really make it hard for me as a libertarian to say, no, it's meritocracy and, and, and people, regardless of plumbing or skin color or creed or ethnicity, they should have, as long as they're contributing members of society, that's what Eric, and that's what Eric Clare stands for. But there's times... Fucking types. Get your fucking ass in that goddamn kitchen and make a goddamn sandwich, you worthless walk fucking quanta. <laughs> I married myself and it was truly empowering by Melissa Denton. Oh, I don't have access to the premium articles. Oh, darn it. Uh, the uh, We only got a paragraph or two here. The idea to marry myself came to me January of last year when I was... At work one day. (laughs) Uh, Three weeks before on Christmas Eve, I had received a text message from my boyfriend of five and a half years. I can't do this anymore. It's over. It said, I was a 42 year old with two children and I'd already been divorced twice. It was devastating. Left me in a funk, unable to eat, sleep or smile. My ex used to say to me, you can get married darling, but it won't be to me. Well, he was honest. It suddenly struck me that he was right. I could get married to myself. Uh, and then it goes on. And uh, if you click on Melissa Denton, it's just this one article. they uh, It's probably a puff piece. There she is. She's overweight. All the men are pussies. All the women are ugly. Oh, look at that fact, bro. Look at that. There's her kid. Guys, I don't care how awesome I am. I'm never going to marry myself. I, I, I would never... I, I don't... How, how could you marry yourself? What is What in hell's name is wrong with you? Oh. Let's try this article. Oh, that's that. Ella and Oak. People were telling me that this did get funded. This was the gal that was going to have wedding dresses for oversized women. And I didn't think they got funded. Then they say they did. Gowns designed for today's curvy bride. Just say fat. Just say fat. (laughs) Oh man, you go to their site, and you guys are right. Yes, I. There, there. This is a this is a good business model. Targeting fat chicks. Fat chicks are the future. Men aren't getting married. Men aren't proposing as much, but there's there's always that thirsty supply of betas. Oh, home try on shop. <laughs> oh my god. Who's gonna wanna fuck this? Wow. Hey! Uh Hat tip? Okay. Operation Evil. I can't slam Ella and Oak here now. Uh, do you know what she's charging for? Maybe I am going to cheer her on. These dresses are at minimum $2,000. Two okay, here's one for 1800 but then it, it only goes up for there. Average is around three. If you can get fat broads to think they're beautiful, <gasps> her day! It's my day! <laughs> to try i i am officially gonna admit i was wrong i'm gonna admit i was wrong ella and oak you go girl you go um i i uh, i admitted you know originally that "Eh, there's some there's some logic here but this woman is smart This woman knows women are not going to set down the food. This woman knows women love food more than men. This woman is going to capitalize on it, and she is charging egregious fees for a piece of cloth that's going to be wrapped around a body of fat. God bless her. You go. Capitalize off of it, girlfriend. You go, girl. All right, that's done. We deleted that. Uh, What's this? Oh, we already did her. We can delete that. I think I caught up on all the articles, guys. Still got 40 minutes. Here we got Yahoo News, which isn't real news. I did like this, though. Uh, this is from Yahoo News, and I, uh, it's not that I'm, don't worry, the old capmeister is not ever going to join Islam. I'm not. Um, out of all the major religions, that is the worst one, and it, it, it needs to go through reformation, but all religions are flawed, and I don't like any of them. Uh, but the one I like the least is the one that keeps blowing people up, like, join us or die. Yeah, you know what? Fuck you and your Borg shit. However, I do have to tip my hat to Islam because they actually do adhere to their principles. They're not like modern-day American Christians where it's like, well, we'll bend here, we'll bend there, and it's gays and this and that. And I'm all gay marriage, and that's why I don't believe in religion. I think it's flawed from the beginning. But you got a Marxist as a Catholic priest, uh, as your pope. Uh, most of the Protestant churches are just throwing Jesus under the bus to get more people in, in seats and in pews and more money. It's just a marketing thing. They don't really care. Uh, but the Muslims, for whatever problem you may have with them, at least they stick with it. You know? The Hasidic Jews, you may, hey, why are you wearing that funny hat? Why you got your hair that way? Well, you know, it's, They're sticking with their guns. So here's a guy... <clears throat> We don't want to be accepted. Radical Islam Group holds unapologetically Muslim conference on Sydney. Let's just start with the with the uh the headline. Well, if you're gonna have a Muslim conference, well, yes, it should be unapologetically Muslim. That's your group, that's your guys, yes. We have the guys named Aaron Club, we have the men's club, we have the women's club, we have the the gay trans lesbian hiker club that I wish I could join because they go on great hikes, but I'm not any one of those groups, but yes, you this group, we're the blue shirt wearing club, and we're unapologetically blue shirt wearing, well, yes, that's what defines you, that's why you have the conference, and God bless them, or Allah bless them, whatever, yes, you are unapologetically Muslim, thank you for having a penis, thank you for standing out, and though I might Disagree with this guy on some other things, at least this guy spoke the goddamn truth. The radical Islamic group, his at Tahir Australia, held a conference in Sydney, Australia, April 28th, in which speakers rallied against diversity, LBGB rights, the West, and argued for the implementation of implementation of Sharia law. Well, isn't that what Muslim Islam stands for, among other things? Well, yes! <laughs> Oh my God, a guy's club got together for, and they had cigars and they went to a strip club and they drank scotch and they played poker. Holy shit, who knew? Am I against diversity? Yes, I am. Am I against lesbian, gay, bi, transgendered rights? No, I'm not. I'm for that. Am I against the West? (coughs) Modern day, yeah. Yeah, I kind of am. Old school? No, not really. But modern day, yeah, I kind of am. And argued for the implementation of Sharia law. Am I against Sharia law? Yes, I am. Am I against their right to hold this meeting? No. Have it. Go do. The four-hour conference concluded with an interview with uh, Wasim Daruhi, the HDA spokesman who made headlines in 2014 for refusing to denounce the Islamic State. We don't want to be accepted. God damn. Look, white guys, here's a guy with balls. He just happens to be Muzz. I know, I know. First, fill out the application to get permission from your wife to release your balls from her purse, okay? And then see if you can go join these guys. (laughs) We don't want to be accepted. (laughs) Buddy, I want to have a beer with you. You'll stab me in my back, but at least it'll be honest. Doree told the audience. Doree outlined his belief in the Hadad, the word for punishments delivered under Sharia law, and said the West has its boots over Muslims' necks. We've probably brought this into the lie that is tolerance, diversity, and multicultural, he said. We're sold the rhetoric of acceptance of diversity in difference, different peoples and different opinions and different religions, but not realizing the reality of what that entails. This guy is honest. This guy is the guy that I was listening to a podcast, um, documentary on uh, Alexander invading India, and he went up against a guy called Porus, uh, very much similar, spelled like uh, Porus Stone. He was a uh, an Indian, not American Indian, an East Indian warrior, and he <clears throat> fought uh, Alexander. Alexander was going to go and invade India. And, um, and then he beat Porus, but then all the warring tribes got together and put together a team of 300,000. <laughs> Indians, uh, no you're not. And then Alexander was like, yeah, yeah, I'm not. I only got 50,000 Greeks. Neither here nor there. But what uh, ended up happening at the end of the battle between Alexander and Porus is Alexander uh, admired Porus. Uh, Porus basically sacrificed. I mean, he, he fought till he could fight. No more. And uh, Alexander, even though they were enemies uh, on the battlefield, he respected Porus. And he says, I will let you keep your kingdom and, you know... Um, we're not going to kill you because of honor and all that. That's kind of one of these things here, like, you know what? You're honorable. <clears throat> you may not like what this guy says, but but at least he's telling you to his face, I'm your enemy, and I'm not going to get along with you. And that's more honor and more uh, respect. That's going to come from you hypocritical, backstabbing, snivelly little uh, Marxist socialist, social justice warrior types that's more than Gillette where we're going to try and sell more money and we're making more real by, by aligning with women and telling men they suck. Fuck you. Fuck you assholes. This guy at least is forthright and honest. He ain't lying. He very much could be an asshole consultant, frankly. You know, him and I would disagree on other things. But this this guy at least got honor. And that's more than be said for most of you fucking pussies in the West. On the left side, I mean uh Durie also cr- criticized Australia's three largest parties saying all of them support wars against the Muslim world and all of them are contributing to the Islamophobia in which Muslims exist today. Yeah, but but they got it right, dude. They got it right. Flying planes into buildings killing people. Conference was held 3 days after HEA said its leader Ishmael Al-Waha had been released from jail in Jordan. Ba 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 ba. Can't disagree. Can't disagree. What's this now? Who gives it? Ugh, Yahoo mail. When you log out of Yahoo, it just sends you. All right, all right. Um, that's it, guys. I'm going to call it. It's an hour ten minutes. Um, that's about it. Uh, subscribe, like, read, all that other crap. Please buy the book. Share. It's May. Uh, Worthless Degree Awareness Month is coming up for graduation. Might as well start it now. So go buy your books for the graduating gift of kids who are going to go off and save the world. I'm going to change the world. I'm going to save the planet. No, you're not. No, you're really not. Uh, And that's about it. I'll see you guys later. Toodles.